everybody, welcome back to episode 5 of the Unwanted Critics, where we're breaking down the, uh, the HBO Max original series, The Last of Us. Um, I also liked this episode. Thought it was good. good. Thought it was good. I think the more we get into this show, like the, the more, like, I, I'll watch an episode and I'll be like, I'll tell, like, I'm watching it with my girlfriend right now, and I'll tell her, be like, oh, like, I love this episode, this one's, like, one of my favorites, because I rewatched like, the first three with her, and so, when I'm watching this one, um, like, I'll get done with the episode, and I'll be like, oh, this one's one of my favorites, and I feel like I say that, like, after every episode I watch, <laughs> so, I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I was on the phone with my fiance while watching it, I just remember, like, at the end, I was like, oh, she was like, what, I was like, I'm not gonna go into yeah, it yet, yeah, but, can't, <laughs> can't tell them, can't tell them, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, this one's good. Uh, the fourth episode ended off with um, Joel and Ellie being in the uh, skyscraper trying to get a vantage point to see everything by morning and they go to sleep and you know the relationships building together and all the stuff and it's all happy and then they wake up with uh, Henry and Sam there um, who at this time we don't really know much about them uh, from like the show's perspective. Um, but they're holding them at gunpoint. Um, and episode five doesn't pick up like right there. It actually starts with a flashback, right? It was uh, 11 days earlier. Yeah, 11 days earlier, and we see um, the civilians of um, Kansas City kind of overthrowing the um, federal government and the QZ that was there. Um, and people are celebrating with flares, which is kind of ironic because that's usually like SOS yeah, kind of like SOS type yeah. deal. Um, so they're celebrating, but you can also see like the difference in the like humanity that's been stripped away from these people because of the way they're celebrating. Yeah, they're like murdering people. It's not like it's not. I don't know. It's not like here, get some drinks and let's have a good time. They did it more of like an eye for an eye kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, like y'all did this to us. We're yeah. free now. Now we're gonna do it to y'all. Like, exactly. So, and you know, later in this episode, Henry like references that he's like, oh, you know, these people like during the QZ they were like raped and tortured and like beaten and all this stuff, and they returned the favor, right? And that's exactly what we see them doing in the opening of this scene. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, we just see them, like, chanting, like, freedom and F.U. Fedra and all this stuff. Uh, so it's just a crazy, crazy scene. Um, and we briefly see, like, Sam and Henry kind of hiding during all of that. Um, and uh, that's where we learned that uh, they've taken the creative liberty to make Sam, the younger brother, deaf in this um, show. I think it's really interesting because, like, they've been giving, like, a like deaf people more awareness in yeah. like culture and media which is really good though like yeah they don't get it enough yeah i agree i do like you think about um which i know this isn't like the best film ever but like the eternals has like one of the superheroes on that team was deaf and all this stuff yeah and it was played by an actual deaf actress and all this stuff so like i agree i think they do a good job of it and they've been adding signing into um like aso into the different um stuff which also, I know this is random and off topic, but did you know there's like, you know how I said ASL, like American Sign Language? Yeah. There's different languages for sign languages. Well, I mean, it makes sense because there's like American Sign Language, so I'm sure there's like... I know that's like, just crazy. Dude. It is weird to think. But anyways, I think that's cool, and I agree with you. It is cool that they're uh, bringing an awareness to that. But we see Sam 
uh, is deaf and his brother Henry signing to him and is trying to keep him calm and they, you know, um, make a run for it and all this stuff. Um, and um, let's see, then we see uh, a cut to Kathleen, right? The woman who is uh, kind of in charge of this resistance that's built up that yeah. um, revolted against uh, Fedra and is now kind of in charge. Um, and uh, she's talking to uh, the collaborators, right? She's in interrogating the collaborators. And um, she's trying to figure out where Henry is. Um, and it's kind of ironic because she like tells them, she's like, oh, it's like, you guys like, you know, just tell us what's going on. We'll put you on like uh, on trial, like you'll have a fair trial and all this stuff, which we hear them in the scene before this, we heard like the car driving around with the bullhorn saying, like collaborators come out, collaborators come out and surrender, we'll give you a fair trial. Um, you know, it'll all be okay. But the ironic part is literally like after she's like, you'll go on a fair trial, she says, you know, you're already all guilty, you're all rats, so like you'll serve some time and then whatever. So like it's not a fair trial at all, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, but then like right after she's talking to uh, her second, like her yeah. right-hand man, and she he's like, are you actually giving them a, like, giving them a trial? She's yeah. like, no, just kill them. Like, yeah. Yeah, so she bluffs. Well, honestly, do you want to call it a bluff? I don't know. Maybe she, she didn't. Would. Well, she did. She didn't bluff. She, they did go and kill them. Like, yeah, it's true. I mean, she killed the doctor, so I feel like we know she's not really bluffing. Like, she totally would kill these people. She's, yeah, she's crazy. And I, dude, huge props to the actress who played her. She did such a good job of like creating this character who was like oddly menacing, but being so like structurally organized and laid back and wasn't like aggressive but was just like stuck in her ways and like was just kind of evil you know what i'm saying yeah so i think she did such a good job um but yeah she calls them rats and um which joel later calls henry once he finds out he's a collaborator right um so people can tend to have this like shared view like it seems like there's a shared view across all um, QZs that people that are collaborators are kind of rats and not like people don't like them right um, and so because uh, it is kind of a selfish thing to do but like we kind of learned that what Henry has done is a little less selfish you know because he's yeah. trying to look out for Sam but um, one of the collaborators gives up the location or whatever or not location but information about Henry right he mm -hmm. says that he's working for that doctor or with, with the doctor right Dr. Edelstein is I think his name and um, she's like where is he and they're like we don't know we told you everything and she's like exactly because you're rats and that's what y'all do she's just dogging on him right um, and um, that's when her first hand man uh, like Perry or whatever his name is he who's the voice of Tommy in the video game like you pointed out earlier in uh, one of our episodes um, says uh, basically he's like are you sure we want to like use all of our men to find Henry and she's like he's not my seventh priority like he's important and she and then she's like is he not important to you and he's like no yeah like, I'm behind you like let's do this you know um, and so, again, like, we, we can see Kathleen being, like, blinded by not just, like, her love for her brother who's passed away, you know, but her, also, like, revenge, right? Her hatred. Yeah, she, she's out and after blood at this point, you know. And so, again, I know people are probably sick of hearing us say this, but that's the dangers of love, right? That this whole theme that goes throughout this whole show. 
of like you know Kathleen loves her brother so much that now she's like gone off the deep end into revenge and hatred like you said so um but then because they addressed Henry and his relationship with the doctor we cut to him in the attic with that doctor right yeah uh, him and Sam they get there the doctor reveals that you know he's also a collaborator like we kind of know that but he like says that he found the spot because of some work he'd done with some Fedra people and uh they are like okay we've got um enough food to last us like 10 11 days or however many days like so let's do our best with that um and while we're up there um I, I think the main thing that is delivered through this scene is um, Henry and Sam's relationship and how important it is for Henry to lead Sam during this like scary time, you know? Yeah. Um, and like the doctor even tells like Henry, he's like, hey, like he seems scared. And, and Henry's like, oh, well, like he's seen a lot of stuff in the past couple of days. Like people are killing each other. Like, you know, there's no wonder he's scared. And the doctor says, no, he's scared because you're scared. And like, that's huge, you know, and I think that mm-hmm. isn't just for Henry, but I think you could probably see that in Joel and Ellie's relationship, too. Like, I'm sure when Joel looks, like, scared or riled up or, like, something's different, like, that's reflected in Ellie as well. Yeah. Um, so, and it's also true for just, like... Kids in general. Yeah, kids in general mm-hmm. for parent-child relationships, just anything like that. So, um, really good note by the doctor. Um, but I think Henry takes this... Uh, uh, this knowledge that he's gained from the doctor and he goes over to Sam and tries to encourage him and tells him, hey, this place is ugly. We need to make it look better. So I need you to like decorate it for us. And so um, he has crayons that he gives uh, Sam, which I love that like the crayons are kind of served as like an essential. Yeah. You know, just like food, like they have food and crayons, you know. And I like that it's somewhat of an, an emphasis of like, you know, their sanity as a part of, like, a resource that they need to, like, preserve as they go through this time. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he tells Sam, like, hey, we need to decorate this place. And so Sam starts drawing all this stuff. Um, it's good because it helps take his mind off the things that are going around him, too. So, yeah. like, you know, a kid can be distracted really easily just with, like, arts and crafts and whatnot. But yeah, it was smart, though. Yeah, and at one point they even, there's a scene where Sam... You know, he's drawing the, the pictures where he's super Sam and all this stuff, and he's fighting the Fedra people, which is kind of ironic when you think about it, because, like, Sam's fighting the same people that Kathleen was fighting. You know, yeah. that's in his brain, you know. And I think it's crazy to think that Sam probably is, as a kid, probably isn't aware, like, why all these people are after him, like, why they're, like, being hunted down, you know. I'm sure he doesn't even know what Henry did to save him, you know. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it's crazy to think about how in the dark he is during this whole story because not only is he disabled and not able to like hear what people are saying or hear the gunshots that are happening and like the explosions all this stuff but he doesn't even know like what's put them in that place in the first place you know um but we see uh at one point he even sam is like drawing and he makes a drawing of Super Sam fighting the Fedger people, and he puts an orange border around the, like, painting. Yeah. And um, I heard someone say uh, that that kind of symbolizes, like, the how they're boxed in in that room right now, right? Like, they're sitting up in the attic, and they're boxed in, and they're stuck, right? And also, if you think about it, later they explain the highways, how they're also boxed in by highways. 
That is cool, actually. Like, yeah. The parallels. Yeah. So I, it honestly could be kind of a stretch, but I like I like the things that connect like that. Um, but um, yeah. So then we see uh, ten days later, and um, it's still in the same location. Henry and Sam are in that attic, and they're running out of food. Um, and I think the ironic thing is when we see that 10 days later thing, it's cool to connect the dots and see the timeline of things. So like we said, 10 days ago, from that point, like when they're at in the attic, 10 days ago, Fedra had just been overthrown, right? So Kathleen and like her group of like people have only been like in charge for like not even a week, like barely over a week, right? So like it's all very fresh and new and there's not a lot of structure and like stuff is just going down you know and then like on the 10th day they re like uh, henry and sam realize hey we're running out of food the doctor's probably dead he's probably not coming back and they decide to leave and on that 10th day right before they leave we see henry and sam see well really henry sees it but they see uh joel and ellie crash into the laundromat and have the shootout and all this stuff and that's when they decide hey change of plans we're gonna like go like visit them I, I always like seeing that in films. Like, if they always go back to, like, other, like, events, I like seeing it from different perspectives. Like, yeah. They didn't, we didn't see it from Joel and Ellie's, like, perspective. We mm -hmm. saw it from Henry and Sam's side. So, like, they're watching it from, like, a, another angle, and it's really interesting to me to see that. Yeah, I agree. It's super cool to see it from different perspectives. And even, like, uh, even if you go back and look at the fourth episode again, you can see the door and the like window panes above the door that Henry's looking out of during that scene. Oh, really? Yeah, like you can you can see. I don't know. You can't see him in the window, but because I mean it's so far. But right. in the distance, you can see the building and the door and the windows that like he's looking out of to see them like shoot out. You know, so I agree with you. It's really cool to. Um, to see everything come like go down in uh, different perspectives, um, but yeah, so we see that from a different perspective. Um, and one other thing to note, like before they leave, you know, uh, Henry's still trying to boost Sam's confidence, so he paints the the mask over his face to make him super Sam. I thought that was sweet, you know, trying to give him courage and yeah, like hey, you're brave, whatnot. Yeah, super super good. So uh, again, trying to encourage Sam. Uh, they're uh, preparing to go up to the hotel room to um, to face like Joel and Ellie, and again they have no clue who they are, and they also just watched Joel kill like three people, you know. So like they're they're very very cautious, and um, they go up there with what we learn. Uh, we kind of knew from the beginning uh, that their guns had no ammo because the doctor and him talked about it, yeah. you know. So they go up there. He gives uh, Sam the gun, and he you know, shows him kind of how to hold it, which, you know, kind of parallels the imagery of, you know, the scene where Joel is with Ellie and teaches her how to hold it. Which was gun. just in the same episode. So, like, uh, Ellie and Sam about learned how to hold a gun yeah. in the same, like, day, basically. Yeah, and then um, they get up there and they're holding them at gunpoint. And this whole scene is kind of funny to me because, you know, Ellie's kind of freaking out. And because uh, at this time they probably still think guns are loaded and all this stuff, at least freaking freaking out. And Joel is like talking very like not blunt, like, yeah, blunt, not like menacing, but like monotone and blunt. And uh, she's trying to convince Henry and Sam that everything's okay, and he keeps like talking bluntly and rudely. And 
she, I think she calls that his a-hole voice. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, and then he kept talking that way, uh, which is just funny. He was like, we're good, right? <laughs> Joel goes, we're great. Yeah. So they, they end up um, trusting each other, sharing some food and talking to one another. And Henry's like, hey, like when the, when the sun comes up in the morning, I'm going to show you guys the way out. And so sun comes up, um, new scene changed. They're in a big conference room and they're talking. And uh, Henry references the fact that uh, this Kansas City is also called Kill a City, which is actually a real thing. Um, it's a nod to uh, a rapper named Fat Tone who coined the term. <laughs> Um, and so it's, uh, crazy because Joel then explains how he's heard the, like, horror stories of the, like, the Fedra QZ, right, in Kansas City. Um, so that kind of emphasizes, like, just how bad it was here, right? And Henry confirms it and talks about, again, how, like, you know, as soon as the people got the chance, they did the same stuff back to Fedra, took over, um, and then he also explains how he's a collaborator, and that's when Joel immediately, not very trustworthy, is like, I'll work with rats, right? Um, and then um, Henry's like, well, yeah, you have no choice right now, you know, like, because I'm the best plan you've got. I know the way out and all this stuff. And um, I, he claims to have never, like, killed anyone and all this stuff, which we later learned he wasn't really telling the truth. Um, but uh, he's like, I don't know how to defend myself. You clearly do, because I just watched you kill three people in a laundromat, and I know the way out. So I'll guide us, and you protect us, right? And that's kind of the deal they make. Um, and one kind of cool thing that we see is uh, Henry's like, hey, I know you know how to protect us because of all this, and uh, I've seen you fight infected. And uh, Ellie mentions that they fought... Uh, She's like, what, what about when we encounter the ones that, like, their faces are split open and they, like, can't see, right? And he's like, what, you guys fought the clicker? And, like, he, it's cool because that's the first time in the show where we really hear them, like, coin the term clicker. Yeah. Um, which kind of also confirms the, like, um, the status of infected that they created and coined in the game. And so, like... It starts out with them, like, just being infected to being, I think they're called, like, stalkers or something like that, or walkers, and and they, uh, and it all, it's all based on, like, how long they're infected, because yeah. the longer they're infected, the more the cordyceps and the, uh, the fungus grows inside of them and takes over their body, and the clicker is, like, the second to last stage, and that's when, like, you know, faces split open, and they're clicking, and they're hearing and um, they're super aggressive and then the last one is uh, a bloater which is like uh, an infected that's been infected for like three years and they're like covered in cordyceps everywhere and they're supposed to have like basically like bulletproof skin because their their cordyceps is so thick on them the fungus is so thick um, and so we later <laughs> we see one later in this episode which that scene is crazy but we'll get to that um, uh, but yeah, Henry starts to explain um, their kind of their plan out, and he's like, "Hey, we're surrounded by highways." He draws draws it up for them, and he's like, "But there's uh, there's tunnels underground, right?" And at first, Joel's like, "Oh, there's subway tunnels," and he's like, "No, they're like maintenance tunnels that all these buildings are connected with." And he claims that fifteen years ago, Fedra stuffed down all the infected like underground, right? But Three years ago, he had a contact through Fedra because, again, he's a collaborator, so he's talking to them. 
had a contact through Fedra who said that they cleared out the tunnels. Like there's nothing in there. They got rid of the infected. Um, and so based off of that, um, and, you know, Sam writes it on his little notepad. He's like, we're going to the tunnels. Which the notepad, I, I looked at in the detail in that. I'm like, it was really cool because like he had a clip. It was like taped to a clipboard, which mm-hmm. was cool for him to carry around. That it was like on his neck so he couldn't lose it. But then on that, uh, a pen or whatever he was using to write was also like connected to it, which is like, it reminds me of like in banks and stuff. Like yeah. how they make it so you can't lose it. Which I realized, you know, uh, Henry probably did that for him so he couldn't lose the pen. Because, you yeah. know, like again, you say like crayons and stuff are like necessities. Yeah. It's like it's hard to come by. So I'm like, it's funny because like he tied it down so he couldn't lose it and they have to go find a new one or yeah. whatever. Because I'm like, I lose pens all the time. Like, I'm like, that's really smart though. Yeah, I'm, I'm still confused. Like, I tried to, I should have researched it, but I didn't. I, but I, my brain still doesn't fully comprehend how his like notepad works because yeah. it's a single page. And when they flip it up and back down, what they wrote on it is gone. And I'm sure this is just like, some sort of my childhood that I didn't get to partake in. Like a different type of etch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, apparently it works. But it's kind of cool. But he continues to use that the rest of the show, um, and this episode, and uh, they they decide to go to the tunnels, right? And so they leave and they go to I believe a bank is where they enter first and then they go underground into the tunnels and Henry's like super confident in their plan and Joel's like we've been in here for like five seconds like there's no telling you know um and so um they go through the tunnel and they pretty much end up being fine and they get to this door that's like completely decorated right and it's like kind of it looks like Sam has been there like drawing all over it right right Uh, it looks like a bunch of kids have done it and um, it uh, once they get inside, it kind of looks like a school was there. Like it almost looks like um, kind of like a, a, pre- a daycare. Yeah, type. I was gonna say daycare. Yeah, type five, and um, it's because it's referencing a part of the game. So this time period in the game, they weren't in Kansas City; they were in Pittsburgh, and and uh, in the game. There is uh, the same exact place, it almost looks identical, um, that was uh, established by, by people named Danny and Ish. And um, if you watch the show, um, in this episode, you see Joel, um, like right before uh, Ellie and Sam pick up that uh, comic book, you see Joel look at a drawing on the wall that's drawn by kids and it says, Danny and Ish, our heroes, right? Um, and they're like, like, I think they're fighting Fedra people or something like that in the picture, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's the exact same picture from the video game that's in the wall, like, of the whole place. Um, I never noticed it. Yeah, and so the story goes uh, in the game is that um, Ish was a fisherman who was, like, out for sea during, like, several months of the outbreak when it first began. When he returned, he found like a, a pits like in Pittsburgh. He found like a sewer entrance, and him and a guy named Dan- Danny went into the sewer and created like their own uh, like home essentially. Like and uh, and then two other people named Susan and Kyle and their kids also like lived there with them. And that's why like it's like you know there's kids stuff everywhere. They've drawn everywhere. They got yeah. all these resources. Um, and the game their fate is kind of left unknown. It says that, like, it shows that a door was left open and we think that they left or something, but you don't really get to know what happens. But it's it's cool to see that, like, 
they're trying to to mold this not just the story of the game with this creative liberty they're taking to make the story of this like show. Um, Wait, but, was there fate unknown in the game as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like you don't really know what happens in the game with uh, with them, but um, it's cool to see them kind of like molding all of this together. Um, but that's essentially where they end up going, right? So they're they're in this kind of like underground daycare type type place that we can kind of gather who's it used to belong to, and Henry and Joel decide to stay there for a little bit, and that's where we see Joel and, uh, or that's where we see. Joel and Henry kind of like learn more about one another. Henry opens up and is like, hey, you know, I'm not innocent and all this stuff. Like, and he talks about like his guilt for like the stuff that he did about how he turned in uh, Michael, who we learned is Kathleen's brother, who's like the leader of this whole resistance. Yeah. Um, and uh, he feels like super guilty for that. But the reason he did it was for medicine to help Sam, who we learned had leukemia or something like that. Um, and so that's like the reasoning behind all of this and him being a collaborator um and joel apologizes for calling him a rat because he kind of gets it like he's had a kid and kind of has one now with ellie and realizes like what he would do for them um and we also get to see um ellie and sam kind of bond um through uh the it's called savage starlight comics which is also another nod to the game because those are collectible items in the game for Ellie's character. Oh, wow. And if you find all of the, uh, the comic books um, throughout the game, you get um, a trophy called Endure and, Su- and Survive, which um, I believe is also, uh, yeah, it's the title for this episode, right? Um, which we can, we're going to go more into detail about, like... Um, that that title of endure and survive and what that really means um for this episode um but it's cool again like like we were just talking about to see the connection between the game and the show um but we see them reading this comic book and uh ellie and sam are bonding over that and she's teaching or he's teaching her some sign language and then they're playing soccer and all this stuff right um and um one other thing uh one other parallel uh, to make with Henry is he's kind of like like Judas from the Bible if you think about it kind of yeah because and I know like if you're listening to this you probably already watched this episode but at the end of the show Henry ends up killing himself right yeah so if you think about it Henry betrays this he the way he talks about Michael Kathleen's brother in the beginning of this is like he's like have you ever met a man that like you would follow anywhere right and all this stuff like he talks about how great leader he was and all this stuff and he's like well yeah i betrayed him you know and he's filled with guilt and shame for that wow and then like at the end of this he kills himself right and i know it's not be directly correlated to the guilt and shame from michael but like that's literally what like judas does like the disciple of jesus like you know, he literally betrays Jesus, who is, you know, a man you would follow anywhere. I didn't see it that way, but that is... Kills himself. That end, is on know? point. That is crazy. So, uh, and, and I know that, like, that's kind of a trope that people use for, like, you know, literature and, like, film in general. Yeah. But it's cool to see the connection. Um, and so then, once they kind of decide to... Um, get ready to leave, uh, right before that, we see... Uh, 
a cut back to Kathleen and she is in her childhood room, right? And again, she's kind of still like mourning her loss of Michael and we learn more about that. And she talks about how Michael made her feel safe and special because everywhere, like he's like he said something to her like, you know, we'll be okay as long as we're together, right? Um, and um, she even mentions that Michael, like the last time she saw him in prison, he told her to forgive Henry, right? And she's like, well, where did that get Michael? Now he's dead, you know? So like forgiveness doesn't work and all this stuff. And so she's like, she's out for blood, right? She doesn't care and she wants to just take care of it. And again, like the right-hand man, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but that guy, the same guy um, who's always with her is like, hey, we're, we're on your side. Like all this change didn't come with Michael, it came with you, you know? And he, so he's being supportive to her. And so um, that's kind of all we learn right there. But it is crazy to think that, like, she's so prideful and stuck in her ways right now with revenge that she won't even listen to, like, her own brother's, like, words before he died. It's crazy to me. It is crazy. Um, and so we go back to Joel and Ellie and Sam and Henry, and they're leaving the tunnels. Um and they're out in like the suburb type areas, uh, exactly where Henry said they would end up. He's super confident. Hey, we made it. And then they get shot at by a sniper, right? Who's like got them pinned down while he's up in this tower at the end of the road. And um, I think another nod to Sam and his, uh, his disability with the, him being deaf, the, which I didn't really realize until I was like rewatching and looking for stuff to write down before we like talked about all this stuff today um but there the moment where henry and sam try to make a run for it like when they're like pinned down by that sniper and joel's like what are y'all doing and they run um they get shot at again and if you see it happen uh henry is the only person like who reacts to it at all and it's because sam can't hear anything you know like he has no clue what's happening and i feel like i can only imagine how like scary all of that would be if you are like you know, fully aware of everything, you know? And imagine, like, how much crazier and scarier it must be to just be, like, running with the person you trust and then seeing them freak out. And then you, like, you just react to them and have to follow yeah. them blindly. I wonder if that kid is actually, like, deaf in real life. I wonder that because, like, either that or they're just telling him, hey, look, just, like, don't act like you hear anything. Yeah. Like, I've always been curious about that, too, because when I watched Eternals, I was like, I had the same thought about the woman who was deaf in that, and I was like, I was like, there's well, no way. That lady's also in The Walking Dead, and her character's deaf in yeah. that as well. So. Yeah, 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, but he, the uh, kid who plays Sam does do a great job, but I, I didn't even notice that until I went back and rewatched it. Um, but uh, we basically see... Joel's like, hey, I'm going to sneak around. I thought this part was funny. Like, Ellie's, like, pleading him not to go. You're going to get hurt and all this stuff. And he's, like, he said something like, uh, it's dark and he can't shoot for, like, for anything. Like, he's terrible. Like, he keeps missing, which is true. Like, if you yeah. sit there and, like, watch the scene, like, he misses every single shot. Like, they're all, like, not that close. Uh -huh. And so he just, like, waltz back around the side and, like, gets back up in the house. And it's, like, an old man that has them, like, pinned down. And at first I was, like, oh, this is weird. Like, this dude's just, like doing it for like fun or, yeah i didn't or, know he like, was with them i didn't know either and so joel like tells the guy he's like please like don't do it like do not turn around and try to shoot me because i'm gonna have to kill you right i'm gonna have to put you down and 
you know, the old man tries it. Joel puts him down and sees the, the radio. And uh, before we, like, continue with that part of it, I, I want to point out how, like, uh, Joel's character is progressing a lot, right? Yeah. Like, so much. He's, he's getting way more in touch with, like, the humanity of his heart. and He's becoming more merciful, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like. for sure. So, like, they, there's a lot of nods toward who Joel used to be throughout mm-hmm. this show. And, like, if he can be trusted for Ellie and all kinds of things. And, um, and even, you even see Ellie, like, think about that several times throughout the show. Like, in the last episode, she was, like, her, like she asked him if he killed, like, innocent people. And he just, like, ignored the question, you know? Um, and so I think it's cool to, like, for us to be able to see the change in Joel, right? Um, but, yeah, then he, he ends up having to kill this guy. Um, and he gets, he notices there's a radio. And it's, like, Kathleen on the other end of the radio being, like, hold him there. Like, we're almost there. And then Joel starts hollering, right? He's, like, telling them to run. And they don't notice it until they see those, you know, they, they have one of those trucks with the um, with the big uh, shovel, essentially, on the front of it. I don't even know what to call it, but, like, uh, it's it says run on front of, on the front of it. Is it really? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're pushing stuff out of the way, um, rolling through the uh, the middle of the road. It was funny because Kathleen, I do remember her, like, her saying in the car that, like, they were like telling the truck like, oh the truck was telling her like, hey like there's cars in the way. What do yeah. you do? She's like rant like rant like ram them. Like, yeah, that's why you're up front. Yeah, she it's uh it's a plow. That's the word. It's a truck plow and so it's it's going straight through all of them, and uh, Ellie and the, the other two start running, um, and Joel like he's trying to take the shot, trying to get the driver out, and his gun jams and it gives him a moment to. Right when he fixes it, it gives him a moment to take a deep breath, focus. He takes his final shot, gets the driver. Driver veers off, runs into this house, right? House, like, borderline, like, explodes, basically. And um, this is kind of when we start to see uh, Kathleen, like, call out for Henry. And, like, then Henry starts to have a conversation with her and kind of, like, talk about, uh, like, him considering coming out and surrendering he's like only like but let the kids go right and all this stuff and she's like um she's like no like did you ever think that like you know maybe sam was supposed to die like kids die all the time like just like very like inhumane things to say she's just like you know maybe he wasn't worth it and all this stuff and then eventually he stands up right and he's like about to come out and surrender and she's like it, this is just the way it has to go. And she takes out her gun about to shoot him. And then the truck in the back starts to, like, tip vertically and then, like, sink straight down, um, like, all the way. Like, it's crazy. It sinks straight down, and you hear, like, kind of, like, the, snarling the, the of... noises of the infected. And then it goes silent for, like, a split second. And then you see, like, so a many, like, of them hundreds of them, <laughs> hundreds of them just, like flying out of this pit like just jumping out like they're moving so fast and you know Kathleen and all the like all the resistance people are reacting and shooting at all of them and all this stuff and freaking out um and it's crazy and uh at this point we get to see another cool nod to the game which is like think this is something that actually happens in the game you get to see uh, moments where like Joel and Ellie are separated 
and yeah. like Joel's taking shots to like guide her path to be able to make it places safely and that's kind of what he does for her here um, and uh, let's see uh, then we see the crazy part right this is when we see the bloater come out right this is the like the infected that's been infected for like three plus years that's like skin is extremely thick from the cordyceps growing and it's like basically bulletproof and it's like um kathleen and her right hand man um is like uh hey like you are just gonna have to turn around perry that's his name perry's like hey you just gotta turn around and go and don't look back and he empties a whole mag in this thing. Dude, that thing picks him up and decapitates yeah. him so quick. I'm like, like I was watching like, the bag. I was like, what is he about to do to him? I, I just see a head in the other hand. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. It was so gruesome. Um, but I don't think this show shies away from that at all. Um, but I like, I think it was like probably what needed to happen to deliver the like, I don't know, like, the just the craziness of, like, not just the infected, but, like, something, like, as big as that. Yeah. I, I think it was well-delivered, um, and it definitely, like, when it happened, it at least for me, when it happened, I, like, kind of sat back, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, that really just happened. Um, so, uh, crazy, crazy to see a character like that die that quickly, but, um, but yeah, so he, he dies from the bloater, and then we see, you know, I didn't really consider like this part of it but if you think about it joel like the reason that uh you know ellie gets guided to this car right by joel right he gets her to this car and she crawls in but the reason that this uh this clicker this little girl infected clicker is even able to get into this car in the first place is because joel is distracted by the bloater like this massive infected that just rips somebody's <laughs> head off and he tries to like take the shot at the little girl but she makes it in and it's just a very creepy moment of, you know, the little girls like doing these weird acrobatic flips around the like <laughs> the back seats of this big car and Ellie's trying to get out and she eventually makes her way out. Um, but one kind of cool thing we get to see is uh, the acrobatic flips that are done by this clicker is because it's um, actually being played by an actress named Sky Bell uh, Calton. Who uh, is actually an accomplished gymnast, which is kind of cool that like they took that into account whenever they decided to uh, cast that character. Um, and as soon as Ellie gets out of the car and gets away from uh, the little girl that's trapped in the car now, um, we see her save Henry and Sam. She goes and stabs those infected in the neck and gets them away from them, and they uh, they start to get away and run away. And right as they're running away, um, we see Kathleen, like, stop them, right? And she's pointing the gun at them, and they're all, like, standing there with their hands up, and they see that little girl clicker that was in the car with Ellie, like, creeping up behind her, right? And they're just, yeah. like, quiet. And it jumps on her, and, and it kills her. And it's so ironic because not even ten minutes ago, Kathleen was like, Children just die all the time. And, and then she got killed yeah, by Yeah, and she gets killed, killed by a little girl. Like a child. <laughs> yeah. You know, so um, it's definitely really ironic the way it all happens. And it's crazy to think about how this one woman's pride and everything that she was so set on is the reason that all of this turned into this. You know, like 
now if you think about like Kansas City is probably screwed now. Like they're boned. Like there it's just like they're just gonna be infected all up in that city now. Yeah, they're all dead now. Yeah. Cause so, uh, she, I think she took all of like the like the forces yeah, like she had, had with it because it was a priority. So she took everybody with her, like all of the defense. Yeah. It's so dumb. So Kansas City screwed. Definitely don't go back there. Um, and we cut to uh, like the motel room that they're sitting up in, and we hear again. We see the the development of Joel's character where he's offering Henry and Sam to go join them in Wyoming, and you know we have this glimmer of hope where you know. Henry's like, yeah, I really like that. I'll tell Sam in the morning and all this stuff. And so he goes, tells Sam, hey, it's time to go to bed. They act like he's going to go to bed. And they stay up and they read more of the comic books. But then Sam starts to uh, ask Ellie stuff on his notepad, right? They're writing back and forth and talking. And he's asking her if she's ever scared, right? Which, honestly, it makes sense why he would ask her. Because Ellie is a very, like... Uh, cover up her emotions on the outside. She she looks strong, like everything's good. Um, I think he also asked because, like, again, she's another kid. So like, yeah, it's like, hey, sure. like, is this like, are you scared? Yeah, you know, like your kid as well. You know. Yeah, for sure. I I think he was looking for someone to uh, to empathize with him where he's at, and um, she ends up saying that she is scared, uh, and then she reveals her the her big big part of her heart right now which is she's scared that she's going to end up alone right um which is like now that we know this like we're probably going to be referencing that like the rest of the show like it's always going to be something that we see and her motives and what she does and her actions um and so sam later ends up revealing that um he's bit and infected and um and ellie's like crap you know she's like this sucks and she promises to stay up with him all night and she tells him hey like my blood is a cure and from like all the hope in her heart she tries to put her blood on his wound to try to heal it somehow and the next morning sam is like showing the same signs that if you think about it miss adler from the very first episode i thought of that too just how she's just like sitting there looking creepy you know what i'm saying He's just sitting there, and then he, like, busts out of the room, like, trying to attack her. And we see Henry uh, jump up, grab the gun from Joel. Kind of, he even shoots, like, by Joel to stop Joel from doing something. Because he's so conflicted, you know. That's his brother, but also he's trying to kill people. And he doesn't want to hurt these people because, like, he loves them now. Like, I can't imagine what's going through his brain. And just kind of instinctively, Henry shoots Sam. You know, and it takes him a while to kind of realize what he's done. Um, and then after, like, him going back and forth of, like, what did I just do? What did I just do? You see Sam, or you see Henry put the gun to his head and kill himself. And did, it is, you, did you see that coming at all? Because, like, I felt like, like something was going to happen. Because I knew, so, like, the journey was going to be just, like, Joel and Ellie throughout the whole thing. Like, I knew they yeah. were not going to have anyone with them. I was like, how are they going to get separated from them? Mm-hmm. Are they going to go their separate way? But then, like, they mentioned, hey, we'll go with you. Yeah. And then I was like, so, okay, so someone's about to die probably, you know? Yeah. Because the only reason I kind of knew it was going to happen is because, like I said, I played the game in 2014, which is a really long time ago. So I'm having to, like, piece together what happens, like, in the game versus the show as I watch the show. Yeah. 
And so once they introduced the characters, I like remembered how they died, but I did not remember like what happened in between. So I knew I knew that there was a chance that they would do it this way because like I said, like they took the creative liberty to completely change Bill and Frank's story yeah. in the show. So I didn't know if they were gonna let them live or how long they were gonna let them live or if they were gonna die in the same way, you know? So, um, but ironically enough, like before I had watched uh, that episode, someone spoiled it for me and was like, yeah, that's what happens in the show. And I was like, <laughs> so <laughs> I like, I kind of had it confirmed and I knew it was coming, but it's still like, I think it's so difficult there's never an easy part. It's so unsettling to just like watch someone take their own life, even if it is in a, in a show or in a yeah. movie. It's very unsettling. And like the the way that um, Ellie's voice, like the way it, like her voice like screams is like so like, like it makes your heart drop. Like it's so pitiful. It made it feel authentic too. Kind of like that's how most people would react if they saw that happen. They yeah. wouldn't just stare and be like, no, like. It's pitiful. It's so pitiful. I've only had a couple of moments in my life where I felt like my my heart like drop from some sort of like film. Yeah. And one of them was a Sandy Hook commercial where they did the like, hey, if you know the signs of gun violence, you can identify it before it happens. But the way they like show you in the commercial is they create this like teenage love story in high school where these, like, this girl and this boy don't know each other until they, like, get to the end of the, the school year. And then, like, at the end of the school year, they finally get to meet each other. They're signing each other's yearbooks. And they're kind of, like, secret admirers. Uh-huh. I know I'm getting off track, but it makes sense. They're, like, secret admirers. They recognize each other's, like, handwritings on the yearbooks. And then they're like, oh, hey, it's you. And they, like, start to catch up. And then, like, the gymnasium door opens, and you hear, like, a gun, like, rack the slide and all these kids start screaming and running and like that's the end of the commercial and it's like if you know the signs and all this stuff you should go look up if you've never seen it go look it up really good commercial um but this like the sound of the kids screaming and the like the like them racking around and all this stuff like it made my heart like sink and drop and I was like oh my gosh it was so scary and like hearing Ellie scream and watching like yeah I even knew it was coming but like watching like Sam Sam and Henry die like that is pitiful so with all that being said like so much emotions delivered through this episode super super good Um, the final scene is pretty much uh, they bury Henry and Sam which is pitiful you know and Ellie gets his notebook like you were talking about earlier and she uh, writes on it I'm sorry right and she wraps it up and she puts it on his grave and she stands up and she looks at Joel and she says which way is west and then she he points and she starts walking and that that in itself did so like it just delivered so much emotion of like where Ellie currently is right Mm -hmm. so like she has so much she probably feels she feels so much responsibility to have not only saved Sam but to save other people because she knows that like she's a possible like vaccine for everyone. Yeah, um, and she's just ready to get into business, right? She is like, she's so upset about what has just happened, and she's like, "All right, it's time to go. Like, time to move forward." And it's really ironic to think about how, like, a couple scenes ago, Henry and Joel were joking about how that uh or joel said that it's easier for kids during this time right because they don't have people relying on them right which 
how ironic Sam was relying on Ellie Ellie in this moment and she couldn't like come through with it. And that's not her fault, but also it's just pitiful because that's not how she sees it. You know, yeah. she took responsibility for that. And then right after that, Joel and Henry are having this conversation about that comic book that said to endure and survive. And they're like, how redundant. But they're kind of wrong because those are two completely different words with two different meanings. They sound mm-hmm. similar, but they're different. So like to survive is literally just the act of living, right? To not die, to escape death. But enduring, like it has to do with like your your mental state, right? So like how like how are you emotionally and mentally doing as you get through this, right? And so like that's exactly what they're having to do on this journey, like Joel and Ellie and everyone else in this. Yeah. They're having to endure and survive. And so again, that's a nod back to the title of this episode and just those comic books in general. Um, but it's interesting to just see how, like this episode had so much character development and a lot of crazy stuff that happened and I thought it was so well done. So I really like this one. Um, I still don't know that it's like my number one favorite that's out there. Yeah, they're all good so far, but so far my favorite episode's still like the, uh, Bill and Frank episode. I think that one's my favorite too. I think it's my favorite. But yeah, it's it's been great. Um, I really enjoyed this one. So yeah, thank you all for listening in and we'll see you in the next one.